I will be the first to admit that I'm a sucker for a good lifestyle brand. You give me some dreams, some great photos, and a cool Instagram account, and I'll be pulled in. The cherry on top is when the lifestyle has been lived by the visionary, and whatever they are selling kicks ass. Mike Johansson was basically born on a beach. He spent time growing up on Nantucket and went to college in California. On top of all that, he has a golden retriever and a yellow Jeep sweatshirt on his website that perfectly matches my Wrangler. So yes, I am now hooked on living the tuck life. It's Jeep days and powder days, dawn patrols and swimming holes, from mountaintops to surf spots. If you dream about it, odds are we do too. If that mission statement doesn't say it, then I don't know what else does. On top of making me daydream, I am also always fascinated by people who start their own brands. As I have learned through the development of Nostalgia Chocolates, creating a brand, not to mention a lifestyle, is extremely difficult. Mike is very open and honest throughout this episode. It was a fascinating conversation for me, and I hope that you find it the same. Make sure to visit his website, www.tucklife.com, and grab a sweatshirt or whatever else you need, or don't need. I can tell you that the clothing is amazing. I wear my sweatshirt for days at a time without taking it off. Sit back, grab some chocolate, and enjoy this episode with Mike Johansson from Tuck Life. So today I'm here with Mike Johansson. He's the owner of Tuck Life, um, a uh, clothing brand that I've been recently introduced to by my friends at The Busy Creative who handle all of my social media. Um, One of the things that caught me right off the bat, as some of you who know me, uh, there was a yellow sweatshirt that had a Jeep Wrangler on it. And to have a My Yellow Wrangler on a sweatshirt caught me and I've been hooked ever since. So um, welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, you're very welcome. So um, as I do, especially when I have people that are from a distance, um, if you wouldn't mind, can you just sort of explain for the listeners where you're located and uh, maybe just give a little description of of where you're at? Uh, Sure. Yep. I'm in York, Maine. Um, The brand originally is from Nantucket. I lived out there for many years. Um, so have kind of migrated around the U S a little bit, but, um, landed in York and have settled here, I think for, for good, pretty much. (laughs) And what brought you to York? Um, I was living in California at the time and, um, Maine was kind of calling me for some reason. And I thought about taking the trip and just going to visit, um, and stay for a month and then pushed that off for a couple of years. And then my sister had a baby. So I went and visited her and I was like, Oh, I'll go up and just, I have a day to free and go check it out. And then fell in love with, um, a gunk with Maine mm. and the beach and everything up there. And, um, ended up meeting my ex husband on that trip actually. And then, um, slowly migrated and moved back, um, from California. I grew up in, in Massachusetts. So the family was here and everything. Um, so it wasn't too far off and just ended up loving Maine and still do to this day and kind of find more places to explore every day. <laughs> yeah, Maine's incredible. Maine, I think, is probably my, my favorite state. I have cousins that live um, up in Yarmouth and Portland. Yep. And then my uncle actually owns a house in Agunquit, right, on the um, 
kind of right on that tidal river before you cross the bridge over to that um, hotel that's out on the um, spit, right? Oh, um, nice. Off, yeah, that's where I surf. I was just out there this morning. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, Agunkwit's so beautiful. We've, um, we haven't done this for a couple summers, but for two or maybe three summers in a row, we drove up to the Bar Harbor, Acadia area. And uh, I mean, Maine is, and I've been to Moosehead Lake. I mean, Maine is just, oh, yeah. it's just endless. It's, it's if people haven't visited maine it you know it is absolutely one you need to add to your list it's an incredible you could do a whole nother podcast just on maine (laughs) yeah i sure could maybe i should someday just by the way i'm talking about it now (laughs) yeah um so tell me a little bit where was it that you grew up and and you know it's kind of a i think for most people i guess i guess when you start any business it's a leap but clothing is is one that has always fascinated me so you know, where did you grow up and kind of what was the path to get you to having tuck life? Yeah. So we have our story on our website that kind of describes a little bit, but I can give you a kind of um, the short of it. But so I've always, like I said, I just went surfing today. I've always, you know, loved the ocean and the beach. Um, and my parents had a place on Good Harbor Beach in Gloucester, Massachusetts. So my mother actually went into labor with me on the beach and then I was back on the beach the next day. <laughs> wow. So that was kind of like born into the, you know, the blood of being a, you know, a beach rat or, you know, kind of beach bum, I guess you call it. But um, yeah, it was fun. So I just was on the beach every day as a kid growing up and we'd be down there from, you know, 9 a.m. to 5 every day, like a, a job, but <laughs> literally just playing and yeah. swimming and, you know, being in the ocean. So I've always had that connection to, you know, the outdoors and the ocean. And that kind of was what I think brought me, you know, to where I am now as far as living near the ocean and, you know, being able to have that, you know, childhood growing up, um, you know, on the beach and just and having that, that love for the ocean. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, is, Glo- is Gloucester where the perfect storm boats Yep, exactly. Okay. Yeah, so it's an old historic fishing town. Fishing yeah. kind of, um, I guess it's somewhere between a city and a town. It's not that big, but um, nice, beautiful coastline where we grew up is really nice. Um, and it's it's not, I don't know, it's not too far from Boston and not too far from here. I guess somewhere in, it's called the North Shore, of, uh, Massachusetts. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you're still you're still surfing a lot. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Where is, as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. So, so after growing up, you sort of traveled a little bit. Um, I think if I remember correctly, you went to Nantucket first and then to the West coast. Is that right? Or do I have it reversed? Yep. No. So right out of high school, um, you know, wanted to kind of get out of our hometown and go somewhere different. And my cousin had been living out in Nantucket and she kind of drew us out there to get a summer job and ended up working at the yacht club out there and then being a lifeguard and lived out there actually year round for a while. Um, and loved the Island. It's a beautiful Island off the coast of, uh, Cape Cod. And, you know, it was just had a lot to offer, you know, great surfing out there and just great Island to explore and have fun on. Um, so I lived out there for a while. And even when I was there, I think it was, you know, in the nineties and early two thousands, um, I had, that was when kind of Vineyard Vines had, had launched and I mm-hmm. kind of watched them grow 
from very small and kind of was inspired by their story. And then when I left there, I went back to school um, in California, went to art school in Laguna Beach. So all the worst places you could possibly go <laughs> yeah, to. You, you sure <laughs> picked them. <That's... laughs> yeah. Um, so Laguna was great too. Um, the West Coast was you know, a, an amazing place to be and explore. Also, um, had a lot of fun out there. Finished up school, ended up living in California for in San Clemente uh, for a long time, for about ten years, and having a design business. And that's where my graphic design background comes from. Was from the art school and had always done art my whole life. Um, so after finishing art school, I went um, and started my own graphic design business. And then when I left to come back, when I discovered a gunkwit, I had gone out to Nantucket to visit some friends and realized that people were still wearing the same vineyard vines buttoned down with the, you know, pastel sleeves and everything. I was like, this is weird. How come nothing has changed and no one has started some kind of Nantucket brand? Yeah. So it kind of blew my mind and I was like, hmm. Well, maybe that's something I could start and ended up talking with my cousin that I originally went on up there with and also with our friend Kate and, you know, I'd kind of done some brainstorming on, you know, words and names and stuff like that and just the idea of it. And then eventually started designing some things and launched the brand in uh, 2016, between 15 and 16 there, kind of started it. Um and then it just has slowly grown. And then I've been just doing events a lot to try to push the brand. Started out at the Nantucket Farmer's Market, which is very little and kind of blows my mind that I drove from Maine and got on a ferry to go to a little farmer's market in Nantucket oh, every weekend. <laughs> you weren't even living there. You you drove no, every no, I was weekend. Commuting every week. Oh. Yeah. And, and spending all this money to do that to make really no money. And then now I'll make you know, 10 times the amount I made there and reach so many more people, different events that, you know, are just kind of curated, the ones that fit the demographic well and, you know, the market of who we're trying to reach in our audience. So that's kind of the short of, you know, the birth of Tuck Life. Um, and, you know, we're just trying to grow the brand and evolve as we go. But, um, you know, it's, it's a fun journey and I enjoy doing it every day. What were some of the f- first... Um I, I guess my, my question really is, so what, what drew you to art? Like, when did you realize that art was something that, you, you know, you had a talent for? Because, I mean, I'm not a very artistic person. And I, I do the label design for the chocolate bars. And it's very it's very challenging. And when designers probably look at my labels, they laugh. Um, but, you know, it, it's a very challenging thing to have. But I'm always intrigued by people that sort of have that artistic bone so what were some of your first forays into art even at, even as a kid growing up um yeah actually first off I, I i think your your labels are nice i like the logo and everything i think it has a, a nice look to it so i wouldn't beat yourself up oh, too much thank you. i appreciate that <laughs> um but yeah i um it was funny because i remember i was in like second grade and did this you know kind of collage thing of like a face and you had to do you know the cutout construction paper and glue and all that. <laughs> but I remember the newspaper had come into the class and had taken pictures and they highlighted, you know, me and the the art that I was making. So it was funny at that point, I guess, when I realized that, oh, you know, maybe 
there's something there, you know, as a little kid, you know, you don't think too much about it. But then through, you know, school, junior high, I always had great art teachers and did a lot in art classes. And then high school, I was always in the AP art classes and enjoy, really enjoy drawing and painting too. I did some painting out in Nantucket and would do some oil paintings, you know, plain air, which I thoroughly enjoy just sitting out in the environment. So I love kind of all types of art. I think moving into college is when I kind of gravitated towards, you know, the design side of things um, because it was just more interesting to me and the whole, you know, computer sciences as it was evolving through the time in, you know, 90s, 2000s, you know, getting my first Mac, which was like, you know, the colorful ones that didn't really have much power back in the day. (laughs) Yeah. And then those, you know, evolving to be more, you know, robust and the, and the programs becoming more, um, you know, efficient and also having more tools and things that you can do with them and, and working in some 3d modeling was fun to learn at school. I enjoyed that a lot too. So it's, it's just interesting realm between, you know, digital and, and, you know, digital art and also like, um, you know, painting or drawing or any other type of art is just, um, you know, it's just a different medium, but it's fun to do in both ways. And how do you translate that over to like clothing? Because I mean, obviously like you see designs and things like that on clothing, but how yeah, does, so, how does yeah. that all, how does that all fit together? I think it's, it just, it becomes, you know, something you design on the computer as a flat two dimensional thing. But as you know, you're wearing one of the sweatshirts and it's very graphical and, you know, it, I enjoyed the evolution to start sourcing clothes and figuring out, okay, I really like this, you know, line of clothes and the colors and the material and the texture. Um, that's a whole nother realm of the art of it, of it, I guess, is to be able to take something that's two dimensional, make it three dimensional and tactile, you know, things that people wear, people that, you know, people put on themselves and like to show off because they enjoy the, either the colors of it or the look of it or whatever. So it's fun to me to, um, to kind of take that and create hats or hoodies or t-shirts or whatever it is. Um, and we're always evolving to different designs and stuff, keeping it pretty straightforward. It's a lot of beach wear, like I said, like t-shirts and hats and stuff, um, which will probably stay that way for a little bit. But as the brand grows, you know, we may get into other things we've done, you know, board shorts, um, fun shorts and fun kind of patterns on hats, which I think might start coming back a little bit, um, more of the beachy type look. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just, just a matter of doing it and knowing the trends is the hardest part is, is, you know, trends change all the time. And we had a great, um, kind of story, I guess, a failed story, but so we created these fun hats that were like soft hats that people were wearing with, um, with interesting patterns, you know, lighthouse and all the Nantucket things. And then it's the other ones with like Rosa Rugosa with like an eighties, you know, checker kind of MTV type print. <laughs> and there was a lot of fun stuff with that in the, in the shorts that we made with it. And they, um, right when we launched it and I'd, gone and worked with someone in New York city to, to build out the tech pack and have it all created overseas. And right when we launched it, there was this whole campaign of Chad Tuckett. So it was like all these kind of yuppie people on Nantucket that had will come in for the summer and wear all these outrageous kind of clothes and patterns. 
So it was kind of like they were being made fun of. Uh-huh. So it kind of killed the design and the direction we were going. Um, not because they were wearing our stuff, but we were launching right when that had become taboo. Oh. <laughs> but then it's funny because then I think last year, the year before, it became so ugly that it became popular again. So then it was now the cool thing to do again. So all like the bucket hats and everything that was there back in the day and all the fun kind of things people have now, you know, jumped back on the bandwagon because it's, you know, become almost funny and of a joke, but then it also became a style fashion again, back, you know, in a different manner. So that's something that we will always kind of keep our pulse on. And I think I'm going to start doing some more pattern stuff like that again, because it was really fun. And you can see a little bit of our website. Most of it's all sold out um, at this point, but we may launch that again and start doing some other fun things like that and evolve the brand in different ways. And how do you find the, the, the fabrics and, and kind of when you're searching for people that you're going to work with, do you, do you try to find people that also fit the, the brand ego as well? Or is that kind of hard to do? Are you talking like about like, man, like, like the manufacturing part of it? No, no, more oh, than the yeah, I, yeah, I want to talk about that, but more the manufacturing, the the fabrics. I mean, how do you go about yeah, so putting all that together? It's difficult. Uh, manufacturing is probably the hardest part of the business is, you know, sourcing overseas. You really, it's not like you can go walk the factory and feel and touch all the patterns and things that they have um, unless you're willing to fly over to, you know, Bangladesh or, you know, somewhere overseas, you know, South Korea. Like we try to do stuff in, in areas that are, you know, not as, don't have as much turmoil these days, but you know, it's, it's a matter of finding a factory that can do something that you're knowing that they're capable of doing something quality wise. Cause it is all about our stuff. I try to make it the best quality that we can find. Um, so right now we actually source a lot of our stuff is through the Yupong classics or the flex fit. I'm sure you've heard. So those are like our hats, which are nice. Um, <clears throat> but then you have to design and decorate everything yourself, which I do. And that's part of the whole thing. Why I can do the farmer's market and the, all these little things. Cause I actually do hand make everything still to this. I've made the sweatshirt you're wearing as far as printing and all that. Oh, um, really? So it, it, yeah. So I really don't do a lot of manufacturing overseas. Okay. I mostly still do it myself because I can control the inventory a lot more that way. And it cuts out a lot of the, um, some of the problems with manufacturing is something goes wrong and you get a big order and, you know, sitting all this stuff. But in the end, if you can get them to the right factory to do quality stuff at the right price, you, you can, you know, increase your profit margins. But it's, like I said, it, it's, it's a difficult process to find the right factories. We're working with someone now we're getting close to <clears throat> finding a better source for some hats, but I'm pretty particular about the quality. So if it's not there, we won't go forward, but it's the whole sample process can take like months and stuff. So it's, it's not easy to get from A to B. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, now I did notice on your website, you do work with, um, some professionals like, uh, in the kind of sporting fishing, surfing, that, that sort of work. Right. Yeah. So yeah. how do you, how did those relationships develop and how did you meet those people? So, yeah, our whole core, I guess, is where the brand is, 
is now and where we want it to continue to go is we're like an outdoor lifestyle brand, which I'm sure people have heard over and over. But the core of it is really we want people that live that life of the outdoor, you know, whether they're a skier or we have, a um, you know, the luge, um, U.S. luge um, guy that's on our website. So we have a lot of like um, people that are very that live the tuck life, I guess we call it. <clears throat> and so Tucker West, he's the Olympic luge um, guy on our website. And he, you know, has the name Tucker. So that's how we kind of came to him. <laughs> so he immediately gravitated towards the brand. And, um, you know, a lot of other people that we've either reached out to or the, you know, Mountain Goat Explorer we, is um, this guy, Matt, that we work with. He's an amazing photographer. So we originally met him and he's in the New Hampshire area close by. So I gave him some gear and he went out and shot it. And that's a lot of our photos on our website. Um, he takes amazing photos um, and just kind of helped tell his story about his, you know, hiking and exploring all around New England and the country and, and a few other people that just live the life of, um, you know, surfing. We have a, a someone that reached out to us, I think, through Instagram, um, Tom, this little kid from Australia and he's a, uh, really, I've watched him grow from little kid to now surfing like close to 30 foot waves. Oh, gee. <laughs> so he has, you know, really taken off and we want to do more with him too. I've been trying to find time to reach out and send him stuff. He shoots some great stuff over there and it's nice to have, you know, different people telling their story from all over the world and a few other people that have um, reached out to us too, that have traveled the world. Um, and they have, you know, taken some amazing photos, which we need to add some more to the website. So it's more about whether or not I've found them somehow through social media or just day to day and saw that they make this, you know, great connection to the outdoors and they would fit into our brand um, perfectly. Um, so it's, it's just fun to, to get their story out there the way kind of you're doing that with me right now. Um, so. I just, you know, want to tell their story and want to let them kind of be a part of the tuck life and share all that with them. And then um, also give back our other friend, Matt. Um, he's up in Maine. He has a big blueberry farm up in Maine. And he's another one we want to put on the, um, the blog. But he's also a big wave surfer and goes down to Mexico and surfs these outrageous waves <clears throat> and surfs these random spots in Maine off these, you know, rocky shelves out in the ocean that most people don't even know exist. Um, so it's fun to kind of do that. And then when he goes to Mexico, I'll go and give him a bunch of our clothes, whether or not there's like a slight, you know, misprint or something or um, any excess things that we've kind of discontinuing a design or something. And, and we have all the stuff from little kids stuff all the way to adults. So we'll give back, you know, big, <clears throat> Um, bag of clothes for him to take down to Mexico and he puts them in the surf bag and gives them to all the kids. Oh, the that's amazing. Love it. Oh yeah. my goodness. They so just freak out. Yeah. So he said, yeah, they always are excited when he comes and brings all that stuff. And then we also do, you know, our, our kid driven kind of campaign is we like to focus on the kids and, and have them kind of, um, <clears throat> you know, live their best life and outdoor life and all that. So we do a thing with the boys and girls club and give back to them every year percentage of proceeds to help kind of um 
you know, help, help the Boys and Girls Club on Nantucket specifically. But um, it's just fun to be able to do that and have that give back at the same time. And then also be able to share in with the stories of, you know, these people that we can either get on our blog and potentially do something like you're doing now. Um, and another person that I reached out to that was uh, one of the top ones that we want to get out there soon is Dave Mars from um, <clears throat> Fixer the Fabulous. I don't know if you've seen that on HGTV, one of those couples that redo houses and stuff. I think actually, I think it just popped up on our Hulu feed. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's big. Okay. They're one of the top ones out there now. So they're in Arkansas, and I just reached out to him because I always saw he wore trucker hats, and he just seemed like a really genuine guy and always wanted to make sure that the people they were working for got something special about their life tied into the house and all that. So they have a great story themselves too. So I want to do something kind of like we're doing now to highlight them on the website. Um, so I sent, sent Dave a bunch of hats and stuff and he's had some hats worn on the show. So we're trying to get some photos of that. Oh, um, that so it's interesting cool it. it's so, getting out there more. So it's <clears throat> relatively organic. It's not like you're paying yep. people to find these people. It's reaching. No. Out and I don't like to do that just because yeah. I feel like it's just forced. Um, and also, you know, the more you spend on all those, you know, influencers and stuff like that, it's, it's the more it just cuts into the profit margin of the brand. And I feel like it's just not, it's not really putting the true nature of that out there, you know, because right. people like, you know, Dave and, um, you know, some of these other, you know, Olympians and things like that, they're pretty big in their own right. So I'd rather highlight that and someone that just wants to be a part of what we're doing and sharing in something great without having to pay this top supermodel, you know, from wherever <laughs> that just really wants a dollar and, right. you know, put on a fake smile. You know what I mean? It's not, <laughs> yeah, no, it's I, not who we are. You yeah. know, I just rather would just get it out there organically. <clears throat> yeah. And I think that's the best way to do it. I mean, if you have people that really align with your values um, you know, that, that can be far more powerful than, um, you know, paying somebody to do it. So, yep, uh, yeah, yep, exactly. And, and we'll always kind of just see that or people will kind of either reach out to us or we'll reach out to them, you know, and just kind of, uh, just take it as it is. But as you know, it, it takes a lot of time even just to do that. Yeah, um, it sure does. Yeah. It, so it's, it's, it's hard just being a one man show to, to be able to do it all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You sort of have to know where your limits are and, um, you know, but it's, it's a hard pill to swallow and you've got to try to outsource some of it. So yeah, I, I do yeah, get that. Exactly. Um, so back to surfing here for a little bit. So my wife and I, we, yeah. we love to surf. We're not, we're not, oh, good, nice. we're not good surfers, but we only do it really when we're, we've been, gone to Costa Rica. Um, yep. and we primarily stay in the white water. We don't go too, too far out beyond that, but where are some of your, have you done much traveling to surf? And, and if so, kind of where have been some of your favorite places and most memorable moments with your surfing? Um, yeah, actually when I was in Nantucket, actually we took a trip to, um, to Costa Rica before it got too popular. Um, where'd but it you was go, on its way. Where'd you go in Costa Rica? Uh, so we rented a car and drove in from Haco, you know, to the main little town, but then we went up and down the coast pretty much the whole Pacific coast and just traveled and, yeah. and tried to find new waves, but I loved it. And it was an amazing experience for me and to be out there in the, the warm water. That's what, you know, being in Maine, we don't have warm water. So <laughs> ever that's the one thing I crave is to be able to go with board shorts and just, right. you know, go surf without having to put on all those rubber yeah. boots and gloves and hoods and all this and 
struggle getting it on and off every day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I loved it out there. It was really nice. Are there any places? Yeah, that's a great place to learn. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, we don't. We obviously don't get the chance to surf enough. To I mean, we barely. We're, we're paddlers, I think, more than we are surfers. But, um, but it's it's just an amazing when you do catch that wave and you, and you're just cruising. It's such an unbelievable yeah. feeling. Um, are there? Oh any, yeah. Are there any places like? I'm sure there's a ton, but are there a couple that are at the top of your list where you would love to travel to go and surf? Um, yeah, I've been thinking about going to like, you know, around like places that are like Costa Rica, but not as developed, um, like Nicaragua and things mm. like that, or Panama, um, which are a little bit more dangerous potentially. But I think if you go to the right places and have a, you know, someone drive you in, I think it's, it's pretty safe. Um, but I'd like to go explore and do some more things either in Europe too or around the world. But as you know, it's, you know, having your own business is very yes. time consuming. So it's hard to fit in fun vacations, but I would love to, but it's nice to just have, you know, surfing also right out, right outside your back door. So I can go surf. You just have to deal with the cold. Um, but I don't know if I'll get a, a warm trip in this year. I'd love to, but <laughs> I could do that or, or just go back to California because I have friends there. I were needed a short trip, but um, it's fun. I, I love it. I just, like I said, I, I do miss miss the, the warm tropical water and right. being being able to just surf freely without too much, you know, too much rubber around you. Yeah. Um, so now the the company's name is Tuck Life. So where did where did the name develop from? How did you come up with that? Um, yeah. So that's like I said when I was went back to Nantucket. Um, we just come up with the, the name Tuck Life, you know, deriving from Nantucket. That was the original and the origin of it. Um, and Tuck um, in the Native American language in the region means tree, I guess. So it was kind of like an interesting thing to me to, to see because trees are a big part of our brand and designs. But also, you know, something like a growing organic thing that's evolving, which I thought was a um, kind of fun way to, to bring it together. But the Tuck, you know, originally is a Nantucket brand. Um, that's where the whole origin starts and the name derives from there to, to try to find something that was Nantucket related, but not too over the top um, and just something fun. So I think it's some people get a little bit, you know, confused at, initially, but I think it's a short enough word where it can work, you know, as a designer and stuff. I try to find a short word that's catchy mm-hmm. Um so I think that helps in that matter too. And in the last couple of years, where have you like where have you really been focusing a lot of your time on the company as far you know to help it grow and and what sorts of things do you do? Um, you know, I know you sell on your website, but you know what yep. what, are, what are the other ways that the company's been growing? Yeah, uh, it's a lot of the online and then also in person. So we try to do um, events and things around the New England area all the way up even to Saratoga kind of by you um, and finding, you know, different types of events that I think will have the right demographic to reach them. So that way we kind of meet people in person. I love talking to people. So it's just a matter of kind of getting the brand out there visually and in an experience where I get to go and meet people and hand out cards and talk to them and they understand the brand and then, you know, you make a connection, I think, and then it becomes, you know, hopefully a lifelong customer or a repeat customer that they'll go from the event 
to the, um, you know, the website and things like that. So it's just a matter of trying to get things out um, in person and online. So we haven't done a lot online, but we need to, you know, like you said, with the the, um, company that you work with, we're talking with and love to try to, you know, evolve our social media and marketing to get people through the digital realm too, because it's a great way to connect if they see the brand and they can see it and um, make their own connection with us um, through either a photo or a story or something like that. So it's, it is something I think that we want to try to get more back into the, that side of the marketing. And if we can get our manufacturing nailed down and be able to do more um, quantity, then we can also start pushing out to more wholesale. We don't do a lot of that. Just have our main store in Nantucket and work with a couple smaller stores, lifestyle stuff around. But I would love to be able to push that further and that can help grow the brand. But as you know, you know, you got to have your, your margins there to be able to afford to, you know, to do it all. It's if you're only making a couple bucks, is it worth it in the end to put all the energy and time into it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Um, I know that, Speaking, you know, you've mentioned the lifestyle of the brand um, a few times, and I know, you know, f- for my for the chocolate business, a lot of people ask, you know, well, where did the name Nostalgia come from, and you know, how did yep. you know what is, what is your what is the brand about, and you know, for me and and the chocolate, I want it to be a reason for people to kind of take a moment out of their life and just sit and really focus on the food they're eating or think about a trip they took or the flavors right. that are coming out of the trunk. So, you know, when, um, you know, in an ideal world and as you know, you as the creator of this sort of brand and, and ecosystem, when people, you know, visit the website or view your Instagram, you know, what are, what are some of the things that, you know, like drive you to sort of create this? What do you want people to sort of think about and experience? And, and you know, what, what do you want the clothes to sort of make people feel, I guess? Yeah, I think, you know, in the end, I want people to feel, you know, their own connection to, you know, the clothes or the design or the, you know, the lifestyle of it all um, in their own way, whether, you know, it's through a sport or just being outdoors and all that. Um, but as you know, like the hoodies, we try to make sure they're really soft and comfortable and people like the tactile feel of it. And, you know, that they're wearing something that, that maybe they're wearing a hat. And we've had a lot of people comment that, oh, you know, I wear your hat all the time. And so many people come up to me and say, oh, we love your hat. It's a really cool design. You know, where'd you get it? And um, so if they feel like, I don't know, special in their own way because they're wearing something they like or whether or not it's something that makes them feel good because they like it and it makes them look good or whatever. Um, you know, I'm just happy that they're happy to be, you know, enjoying the brand and the clothing in the way that they are, however they do it. Um, and that's the biggest thing for us is just to get it out there and just see the response. And I love to talk with people, like I said, and, and get their feedback on everything and, you know, evolve the brand around kind of how the consumer responds to it and whether or not they have maybe comments or always ask for one thing or another. And that's how I kind of evolve the designs based off of, you know, the feedback and the look and the feel and the, the, the product itself. Sure. Um, yeah. And then what do you, what do you kind of see coming down the road? Do you have anything 
Like, is there new types of clothing coming out? Is there new lines? What, 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 what will be going on in the next maybe six months or a year? Um, yeah, so we've kind of simplified some stuff. As you see, you know, a lot of our designs are pretty simple as they are. Um, we're going to start doing more of the rope type hats that are really soft. We've done those for a while. Um, that's what I'm working on with some factories and getting some of those done. And then, like I said before, the fun patterns, I think we're going to try to bring those back into the hats. I don't know if we'll do board shorts again, maybe if we could find the right, um, person to make them and know that we'll sell enough of them. Those are a little bit tricky to, as far as the sales side. Um, and then what else? Um, different designs. We've done more t-shirts, more kind of fun colors, more different. Um, we have like the sunset kind of pinkish hue mm. um, t-shirt that's been pretty popular. Some other kind of like, you know, mustard yellow, uh, the sky trees of different t-shirt designs coming out that we've done. Um, and then I think I'll just evolve it a little bit where people on the website, I don't know if you've seen it, if you choose a t-shirt like yours has a tuck life on there, it says sun surf stamps. People like some of the slogans and things, but some people don't. So if they don't want that, like I said, I'd make a lot of the stuff myself so I can just take that off and create one without it if they want, or if they want, you know, a different thing as far as the design, we can do it in, you know, a few different ways, different colors or different, um, text, no text, um, you know, and then also long sleeve or short sleeve options. So just trying to give people more, more options. So if yeah. you're on the website and you see something like, Oh, I kind of wish I had this. I, I like this, but I don't like that. So if you shoot, give them that option, like, you know, they're not going to leave. They, they have that option. So they're going to end up buying the thing that they like in the way they want it. Well, it's also really cool for somebody to have like a one-off, you know, yep. sort of self. Yeah, exactly. That, that's different. a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's, it's nice to be, have that flexibility. It puts a little more labor on me, but in the end, I don't mind. It's just, you know, wanting to give people something they like and they're going to wear and they're going to come back and buy more. It's just a matter of keeping the brand going and keeping people happy where they're not going to say, okay, oh, I went there, but I didn't like that or this. Right. So they don't come back. You know I mean? What can we get them to do to come back and have, you know, products that they like and want to um, want to wear? Well, I can tell you, I love my yellow Jeep sweatshirt. It's incredibly soft. It's like the perfect weight. Um, I've pretty much worn it for the last three days since I got it. So uh, right. it's it's due for a wash, but I, I, I do love it. So where can people, um, you know, find you? What's the website? What social media? Yep. Yeah, tucklife.com is the main website. And then they can buy directly through Instagram now. Um but I think it's easier to go to the website because you can see more options and you can, you know, like I said, choose, you know, different designs and things like that, where I think a lot of it does funnel through Instagram, but it's not as robust as the website. I think the user experience is easier on a website than through social media mm-hmm. um, as far as, you know, getting to certain pages or getting through the checkout and all that. So, and everything's always free shipping. We don't charge anything for shipping um, regardless of what you buy. So it's nice to be able to offer that. And that's another thing that I've felt with the website is that you don't want people to leave. So the more they get hung up on a shipping charge or something like that, the more likely they're just going to abandon a cart and not finish their checkout. 
Yeah, free so shipping whatever. is get definitely them. nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So get get them from A to B, get them what they need and get it shipped out to them so they can have it as quick as possible. Um that's our goal and just to try to keep moving and, and keep uh surfing as much as I can and <laughs> having <laughs> well, awesome. a good balance of life. <laughs> yeah, and the Instagram is my tuck life, correct? Yep. Okay. Yeah, just that's a my tuck life on there, yeah. Okay. Well, thank you very much. This was this was awesome. I'm definitely bought into the tuck life now. So you've you've got a new fan right here and hopefully we'll have a few more once the podcast is out. Um but yeah, I Yeah, really, and we'll I, be up in Saratoga uh in a week or two, so Oh, nice. You're how far are you from there? Uh, a couple hours. And uh, yeah. Oh, okay. So a bit, yeah. But yeah, Sar- we love Saratoga. It's a great place. Same here. Yeah, it's a great little downtown. So we go up there and do the saratoga beer fest it's fun (laughs) oh awesome well that'll be great well mike thank you so much i really appreciate it and um yeah we'll catch up with you soon all right thanks all right thank you all right bye thanks for listening to this episode of ohm travelers a huge thank you to mike for joining me make sure to find him at my tuck life on instagram and hurry over it to his website www.tucklife.com Thank you to Soul Rising for allowing us the use of his song, The Journey, for our intro and outro. You can find him wherever you find music. And don't forget to visit our website, www.nostalgiachocolates.com, for the show notes. And of course, to grab as much chocolate as your shopping cart can handle.